Warning, there will be explicit language in this episode, so please proceed with caution. This episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Welcome all of my snoops and kooks, private eyes and conspiracy theorists. Today on the Aton Papers, we are tapping into episode Hurt People, Hurt People. On today's paper, we are discussing weaponizing trauma and the dangers of unhealed wounds. I'm Dominique. And I'm Saeed. And we are your wonderful host of the Aton Papers. And we're glad you could join us to listen in on what we're tapping into today. So grab your magnifying glass, your coffee, tea, or your elixir of choice, and let's dive in. So my elixir of choice today is none other than a delicious chai, cardamom, and rose tea from the cutest tea shop in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Wildflower Tea Shop and Apothecary. It is so delicious. What are you sipping on today, Saeed? I'm sipping on Geminade, which is basically <laughs> Roku Gin, again, and Trader Joe's Echinacea Ginger Lemonade. Geminade. Okay, I got to give give you a hand clap for that one. <laughs> All right. So, Saeed, I was watching a video the other day, and the video showed this angry dad literally whooping his teenage daughter as she was walking towards the car. This was being done in public in front of her friends. And it was it was crazy. So the question that that was um, attached to the video was thoughts. Like, what are our thoughts on this? So, you know, when I saw that, it was so disheartening to see imagine. something like that and to see this young teenage girl being literally, I would say, bullied too mm -hmm. and, you know, treated like that in public. And if that's the case, and the way she was walking away, you could tell that she was so used to this that it didn't even phase her anymore. So it's like maybe the dad could have just taken a few moments to say, this is not working. How about we just talk? You know, t you literally can talk to kids. You can talk to them. And, and you know what I mean? So well, I mean, I guess he was coming through the lens of his experience. Yes. You know, and, and that experience is seems to be traumatic and that's what happens to a lot of our, a lot of us out here right and then hence we hence our subject today of weaponizing trauma weaponizing trauma and he may not even realize that he's just playing out his traumas from the past because once you get to a point where that's normal and people look at that like well you know that that's what my parents did and i'm fine and it's okay and i'm like but are you <laughs> well then that's the reality you know we normalize trauma right yep so at some point in our lives, we've all experienced a form of being bullied. Yes. What we may not have realized is that the bully was exercising their hurt and trauma in an unhealthy and unhealed way. They weaponize their trauma. So today we are going to talk about the big T word, trauma. So let's break down what trauma is. Trauma is any experience that is deeply distressing or disturbing. Trauma overwhelms our ability to cope and undermines our sense of safety. Trauma can cause us to feel powerless and hopeless relative to our capacity to defend ourselves. It can rob us of the belief in our ability to heal, trust, live, 
and love as we once did uh -huh. before a traumatic experience occurred. Uh-huh. Make sense? Woo! So now let's talk about weaponizing. To weaponize something is to exploit something for the purpose of attacking a person or a group of people, as well as spreading strife and discord. Weaponizing something is also an attempt to manipulate a person or to avoid accountability for an act, words, or reaction. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and then I bet people wonder, well, what does that look like? <laughs> I mean, and you can see so much trauma being weaponized in relationships mm. through these little manipulations, through these passive-aggressive movements. A lot of time, I mean, because most of us, our view is shaped early in childhood. Right. And a lot of times, we are suffering traumatic experiences, and we're not knowing it because most of us believe in just, or really discuss explicit trauma. Ooh, and I'm glad you brought that up because I'm gonna break down the two types of trauma. There's explicit trauma, and then there's implicit trauma. So explicit trauma refers to the explicit memories of trauma. Explicit trauma, what therapists like to call big T trauma, is typically much more identifiable than implicit trauma. Explicit trauma memories of trauma may have a more internal experience of recall as these experiences have been encoded in our minds. Most people actually have a general idea of what explicit trauma entails. War, physical violence, uh, sexual abuse, or some type of horrific accident. So mm -hmm. it, they're, they're easier to identify. And with that problem of easy to identify explicit trauma versus implicit trauma, which mm -hmm. is probably, which not probably, but the trauma that deals with racial trauma. Oof. Because it's something that is not easily identifiable by right. one event. There, right. There's so many events of explicit trauma that happen to black people physically that we see equal to a digital lynching. Mm. And we're not acknowledging the impact of that trauma, more so because of already the, the uh, lack of better words, the dirt that's been put on the reputation of black people. It's almost that people almost expect that this is what we deserve and or bring upon ourselves without acknowledging that trauma is a deadly cycle upon itself. Mm. So when so we're talking about explicit trauma and, and why it's easy easier to identify. Mm -hmm. It's usually easier to identify because our culture has defined them as such, right? So when we hear about sexual abuse or physical abuse or some other type of trauma, this is what society has kind of embedded in our mind that we're familiar with, mm -hmm. okay? It's, it's something that's frequently understood to cause a trauma, and it's usually something that's addressed in therapy the most. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about implicit trauma, which is what you were discussing just a second ago. Implicit trauma refers to the implicit memories of trauma. So implicit trauma, therapists, uh, it's known as a small t. It's typically less identifiable than explicit trauma. Implicit tra memories of trauma may be less easily recalled via memory and may be more encoded in our nervous uh -huh. system and bodies. So it could be, for example, like a profound fear, loneliness, emotional pain, helplessness. It, 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 these types of events may include being dismissed, unheard, unseen, uh -huh. or rejected. So, gaslit. 
You know what I think it is? I think when people think of trauma, now because we know physical trauma leaves a physical mark yes. at times. And we know that these PTSD, these post-traumatic distress that comes from that, from these big T events, we know that it leaves an indelible emotional um, resonance among the individuals. Like they, they feel, they think differently, they feel differently. But I think a lot of this, the problem with identifying the trauma that happens in the mind mm -hmm. is it doesn't necessarily leave a clear mark. It's so subtle that it's a, it's a subtle change in behavior that we think is the regular, like that person's always fearful. Mm. But they're not. They're fearful from something that has happened, an experience that's been repeated over and over to make them that way. Right. And it, some, some additional examples as well. It could be poverty, mm -hmm. emotional abuse, childhood neglect. So there's so many factors that contribute to implicit trauma that you don't typically see outwardly, but they damage and, well, let me say, they cause just as much damage as explicit trauma. Yes. Okay. So here's a little bit of some science for you. You ready? All right. Okay. So experiences of trauma can lead to trauma-related disorders such as PTSD, mm -hmm. post-traumatic stress disorder. Trauma can be collective, where it's experienced by a group of people or a group of, uh, or a group of persons. Mm -hmm. It can be individual, where it's experienced by one. It can be episodic, where it's happening ever so often. Mm -hmm. It can be isolated, where it happens once. Or it can be chronic, where it's unabating, it's not weakening or losing intensity. It can even be vicarious, where you're um, just engaging with the trauma of others. Mm. Like trauma porn. Mm -hmm. Trauma tourism. Yes. You know, Ooh, trauma tourism. You know, because I just find it interesting that, and I think we, we've talked about this amongst ourselves, where people can identify with the victims of post-traumatic stress events or stress events, like a mass shooting, Ooh. but can identify with an, a whole race being isolated. Because or unheard. Or unheard. And I think the problem why white people really can't identify with that is, as a whole, they've never been the isolated people. Mm. They've never really been the marginalized as a whole. So it's much harder for them to identify with that trauma. And it's much harder for them to understand the toxic behavior that is the result of such traumas. Because when we talk about toxicity and being around toxic people, they're that way because they're the results of their traumas, healed and unhealed. Like, that's how we get to be the people that we are. That's why it's that much more important when we talk about parenting and raising the individuals that we raise so that they're healthy and that we break passing down traumas. Because when we weaponize traumas, all we're doing is really what they say in the in the biblical terms is cursed generations and familiar spirits. Ooh. That's all that really is, is passing on similar traumas. And, and people are attracted to people with similar traumas or complementing traumas. And that's just the honest thing that we have to identify in ourselves when we're building relationships. You know, trauma is not the first conversation that should come up, but identifying what's going on with this person, is this a complementing or is this toxic for me? 
And here's the thing, not everyone who's experienced trauma goes on to experience a trauma-related disorder. In fact, some research suggests that over half of all individuals who experience trauma go on to positively adapt and grow in the wake of their adversity. So that phenomenon is known as PTG or post-traumatic growth. And so when you hear something like that, props in my head is something, organizations like MAD. Mothers Against Drug Driving. Ooh. She took the trauma of her loss yes. and created an organization to try to prevent loss for others. People with AIDS organizations, people who were junkies or criminals who reformed their lives from their traumas to help others Ooh. break those traps. Those are examples of that, yes. taking that trauma and doing something good with it. Okay. Because here's the thing. Everybody's life is going to go through some form of trauma. Now that we understand what implicit and explicit traumas are we all go through it and now at this point it's about what we do to heal it because you know we talk about suicide and mental health but a lot of times those are the results of traumas that have been undiagnosed okay you're right and here's the thing psychologist george Bodino, he's actually argued that the most common response to trauma is actually resilience how about that? There you go. <laughs> and you hate to say it, and it sounds so dismissive, but sometimes you just got to toughen up. And and this is definitely not to say that it's as easy Oh, as no, that. it's not. Yeah. I mean, because just like any wound, wounds aren't easy to heal. They hurt. When you get cut, if it's a deep cut, it takes deeper time, more time to heal than a shallow cut. And sometimes you don't heal from it. Yeah. Sometimes you just don't. So, you know, talk, speaking on weaponizing, to utilize your trauma as an excuse for harmful behavior, hence the term hurt people hurt people, mm -hmm. is not only to avoid responsibility for one's action, but also it forestalls healing and growth from the trauma by clinging to an identity of victimhood. The trauma is becoming your story, your narrative is a sort of safety blanket. Mm -hmm. Trauma is not an excuse for perpetuating harm and suffering, nor is it a get-out-of-jail-free card for causing emotional or physical pain to others. Trauma may help explain why someone is primed to think, feel, behave, or react in certain manners or in certain contexts. Mm -hmm. But it's not to excuse. But it's not to excuse. <laughs> and so many people tend to think that, well, well, this was done to me. They did me like this, so I'm right. in turn oh, going to do yes. it to someone else. Yes. And we've, you know, you we've heard people say that yeah. either whether it was via film, music, or just personal lived experiences, yeah. hearing people say, well, I, su I survived. That was done to me. Yeah. You have it much better than me. That doesn't yeah. make the trauma that you're inflicting any less but see, and they don't get it because they've normalized that trauma. Yes. They, to them, it's a growth experience. Well, you just need to go through it so you can be tougher. And, you know, life is already hard enough without us making it harder on each other. You're right. And, and using trauma, it, it's not a justification for harmful behavior. It's just not. It doesn't exempt you from being held accountable when and if you hurt someone just simply based off of your trauma. You know, it's funny. You know, you know, I, I watched some junk TV, and Judge Mathis used to be <laughs> one of those shows. And he used to get on the junkies all the time, or former former junkies. They'd come on there, I've cleaned up my life. I don't understand why this person's so angry. I'm good now. I want to do good. And he'd be like, I'm glad. That's awesome. I'm glad you're doing well. 
But that don't mean what you did in the past just goes away. That doesn't mean because you're doing well now, you're automatically forgiven. And that doesn't mean the stuff you stole when you was a junkie, you ain't got to pay the debt. <laughs> no. Right. So basically, basically, what you did in the past, the debt will come due. Right. So as you're going through your process of maybe healing you trauma, and, and you, well, yeah, you got to yes. reconcile with the people you hurt. Yeah, I agree. So you you know how you were mentioning the effects of racial trauma? Yes. And how it affects black people and other people of color. So there is a traumatic stress called RBTS, which is race-based traumatic stress. Okay. So that refers to the emotional and mental injuries that result from continued exposure to racism, ethnic discrimination, mm. racial bias, and hate crimes. In the U.S., black, indigenous, and other people of color communities tend to be the most vulnerable to racial trauma because of mm -hmm. the culture and history of racism in the country. But it's worth noting that any individual who suffers emotionally because of a racist encounter can experience racial trauma. And so there you go. And so when people wonder and they think, oh, why they act that way? Why they have toxic behavior? Sometimes some of that behavior is just an exercising of that trauma. Right. And the other part of it is, you know, the others can't seem to identify with that because, again, it's an implicit trauma that they've never been part of the group of the other. Exactly. If you haven't walked a mile in a person's shoes, it's hard to understand their experience. Mm. That's good. <laughs> so, you know, and, and since you were talking about some of the reactions based on the race-based trauma, mm -hmm. so it can create a mindset of suspicion mm -hmm. and extreme sensitivity when it comes yep. to many situations such as entering friendships or relationships, yep. both professionally and personally. Yep. And that's with white people. When you enter into relationships with white people, there is a level of suspicion and extreme sensitivity. And I think in many situations, I, white people may have a hard time understanding this, or perhaps they don't care to understand it. Well, I think the problem with them understanding is because, because again, they've never been the other. They haven't had to be in situations. Now, they've had isolated situations. I hear them talk like, well, I was kind of like X in school, so I didn't feel like part of the cool kid crowd. And now, <laughs> and yeah, and I get that. But that was whites to other whites. And, and it's a difference yes. when the only reason you're excluded is because of skin. Not because of coolness or this or that, but it's not the skin. Which is a different type of trauma, too. Yeah, but, I mean, it's different when that's one part of the microaggression equation that you deal with every day in your life. Right. As a, and, and for years, no matter what <laughs> environment you're in, black and white, mm -hmm. because this is a racial country, and people, as we've talked about hurt people, hurt people, black people weaponize trauma against other blacks Oof. all the time. Without even, without even talking about what white people do to us, right. we have the problem of just the black trauma alone. Right. Yes. That is a whole, that's a whole other podcast, but I'm glad you brought that up. So some of the examples that you may have heard, maybe seen. So let's say you have an adult man and he, he argues that he can't be held responsible for emotionally abusing and manipulating women. <laughs> I don't know where my word yeah. went. <laughs> Manipulating women because the abuse he incurred during childhood. 
So it's trained him to treat women in such a heinous manner. That's an example of him using his trauma to weaponize against women and, and making excuses for his behavior without accepting responsibility or accepting accountability well, for his actions. Thing. I don't even think he could because it's normalized to him. It is what's right. Mm. Here's, here's the greatest secret in America. Sin is what you make it. And so what you believe is right to you will be right to you, even though it may truly be wrong, but what is right to you is right to you. If you was raised to be a pimp, you couldn't feel it. No, you laugh, and I'm using maybe one of the most outlandish examples, but you couldn't believe no other way of life was right but being a pimp. You couldn't believe women were for nothing but to serve me. I'm a pimp. This is what they're here for. It's hard out here in those streets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but, but. What? You, we laugh, but that is the baseline of your Christian evangelists, right. of your KKK members, of those with these, these far outlandish thoughts. This is the way they're raised. Right. They feel as though their rationale is So this toxicity is, is okay. Yeah, it's, this toxicity, this mm -hmm. traumatic event that they suffered that created this thought is normalized. <laughs> right. So, you know, and, and here's the bottom line, Sai. None of this is to say that healing from trauma is an easy or simple process. Processing trauma is messy. We've seen it. It's painful. It's dirty. And even through the process, triggers will happen. And that's where people get frustrated because they're like, I thought if I was healed from this, I wouldn't be triggered by this. But triggers can come up. You, you know what I mean? Doesn't mean yeah. you're not healing from it. You're processing. Yes. And you will be triggered. Yes, definitely. And, 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 that, and so that's where it's good to have a community of people who can support you. If you have a therapist, when you feel that trigger, that's when you talk to your therapist or yes. your best good friend. Yes. Or you come to our podcast and be like, you know what, I need to hear something that's going to uh, get my mind out of this, yes. this funk. <laughs> You're right. And, you know, and it's also not to negate the very real and damaging effects of trauma and what it can have on our ability to regulate our emotions accurately appraise situations, relate to, and become close with others, or maintain positive beliefs about the world, ourselves, and the inherent goodness of humanity. But, mm -hmm. but I have to, I have to use this caveat, but we need to hold people accountable for their actions and not excuse damaging behavior on the basis that a guilty party has experienced past trauma. Definitely. So, any other thoughts you want to share on that? Um, I would just say, hey, everyone, this is what I think about trauma. I think about it like in the form of generational curses if you're a spiritual person. And think about it as the buck stops with me. So if I'm aware of what emotional passive traumas or as we call them implicit traumas that I have going on, Am I, and if I feel it, the need or I feel the expression coming on in, in the interaction that I'm having, I stop it right there because I don't want to weaponize that trauma and pass that on to someone else. Right. Because what ends up happening, depending on how a person look at you and your example, they may think you're right in, in doing something wrong. And now you've taught them to do something wrong and they think it's right. Right. They're normalizing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and here's the thing. We can have compassion for ourselves if we've been through a trauma for what we've been through. But we can also, also exhibit the self-control necessary to refrain from perpetuating whatever pain we ourselves have been filled with by others. 
Yes, and and this is not to minimize any of the, the traumas that people experience. It's just to say, listen, everyone is going through it. Trauma is not the end of the road. It's actually the beginning of the journey. If you if you really understand that trauma can, it happens to all of us. So it depends on how we choose to perceive this trauma and what we choose to do with it. It can be a tool for great good, or it can be a tool for destruction. Absolutely. And healing is a process, yes. but we can't move forward and heal if we continue to hide behind the shield of our victimhood. Yes. Or in the worst cases, use that victimhood as a weapon to hurt others as bad or worse than we ourselves have been hurt. And Let's if there's, oh, I'm sorry. Go, I'm go, sorry. Ahead. go ahead. <laughs> and I was just going to say, if there's anybody out there who's suffering, please go get help. Just go talk to someone. Go work out your trauma. Don't just sit here and, and vicariously wonder could it be better go make it better and you know we pray for you for those who pray or we send our energy out to you that you're better absolutely thank you for tuning in on this episode we would love to hear your feedback you can leave us an email at theatonpapers at gmail.com be sure to rate our episode on Spotify. You can listen on Spotify as well as via our website. So <laughs> website at www.theatonpapers.com. So we thank you for tuning in and until next time, have a good one. Yay.